Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, thank you so much for doing this. No worries. I try not to talk about you every week <laughs> on the pod, but I do. Talk. Have you ever listened to the podcast? I have listened to a couple, yes. So you know the kind of crap we talk about? Yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that. Yes, <laughs> of the AFL. In for the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. Bounced on its point, wow. The fates, the gods are with the gods. Are you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. I'm Emma Race and I'm joined, thankfully, by my football-loving lady sisters. How are you, Felicity Race? I'm good, thank you. Welcome back, Emma. Yeah, thanks for having me. We heard you went viral last week. <laughs> I went viral, then bacterial. How are you, Nicole Hayes? I'm very well. Good to see you back. Good to see you too. Hi, Shorty. <laughs> Alicia is sitting on a toadstool today. How are you, Alicia? I'm pumped up and down again. <laughs> and how are you, Lucy Race? I'm really well, thanks. Welcome okay. back. Thank you very much. Now, um, we welcome all of our listeners and we just wanted to kick off today with a little word from, um, from the big sister of the group about the universe and the things that have been happening in our world because we think that they do kind of apply to the things that we talk about here on the Outer Sanctum, mm, Lucy Race. Do. And it's been such a big and awful week. Um, I think, you know, we've seen some horrendous stuff overseas and at home, stuff that breaks your heart and makes you question where we're headed. Something I've found really riling has been the talk about two sides, oh. um, that notion that there are two sides to racism or two sides to denying people rights makes my head explode. There's also that discourse about how when people call out racism or sexism or when intellectuals, in inverted commas, discuss or decry inequality, that they are then part of the impetus for the rise of the extreme right, as if the people trying to work towards equality to make a space for themselves or others, which is inclusive and diverse, that they must share the blame for divisive or violent words or actions. And in a climate like this, I think it's easy to lose heart, to want to shut up shop and despair over humanity. But I heard something this week that resonated with me and I wanted to share it with you. Um, Dear Ray McKesson was on Pod Save America and he was talking about how change doesn't just evolve, it requires action. And he said, this is a quote, the arc of justice may bend, but it only bends because people bend it, not because it naturally bends. And here's my glimmer of hope for you all. So many people we've met and talked, over the, talked to over the last year and a half are doing great work to bend the arc. And I take heart from that, from the fact that we've been able to fill two years worth of weekly podcasts with inspiring, awesome stories from people doing great things. We may look through a really small aperture, that aperture of sport, but we're looking at big issues. And what we do see is lots of people making a difference in small spaces and in bigger ones, and no one is going away. So let's take an hour out and talk footy the way we like it. Yay. Well done. <laughs> Hallelujah, sister. And I yeah. should mention that the reason why Kate's here isn't here is because she's overseas bending the ark. She really is. Yeah. Doing what she can and also we're getting her citizenship tested <laughs> just in case. <laughs> so in lieu of Kate Sear being here today, Felicity Race, you're going to take on Omen Watch for us. Oh, I'm a bit nervous about this. I haven't done Omen Pressure's Watch before on. and I know it is actually the biggest thing we do now. It's the jewel in the crown. It's absolutely. <laughs> Astronomy's on your side. Is it? <laughs> is it? Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Well, as you've mentioned in the past, we don't actually have to do too much because people send them to us. So um, <laughs> thanks again to the wonderful gigs who pointed out that on the weekend, the Swans won with a score of 143 to 39. Now, the only other time that that score has happened was in 2010 and it was the Saints. 
So according to uh, logic then, the Swans will make the grand final but probably lose in extra time (laughs) (laughs) in a replay drawn. (laughs) Will it be the first time we see extra time? And can you think of a more appropriate season for us to see it given all the draws and the close games? It's, it's been it's, so many this year, hasn't it? Feels mm. inevitable, doesn't it? I feel like there could be another draw in the making. Woohoo. Don't you think? Except that we don't have draws anymore in grand finals. No, so. but a draw a draw in the home and away season. I oh, feel yeah. like there's still might I feel like there's still yep. one. Can you feel it in the waters? I feel mm. that we're about to make another draw. Adelaide Sydney tonight on this week. This I felt like that too. It's gonna yeah, be a yeah. I feel like it could be. Hey, now now um, that we know there's a song. Oh, I think absolutely. We do, it, it's just a matter of time before they blast that through a stadium. Yeah. Yeah. The song is gaining momentum. Yep. Draw, also, draw, 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 draw. <laughs> no? no? No, I think no. that's the second chorus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the lesser known second yeah. chorus that no one sings yeah. like the anthem. Okay, I have something that I want to talk about that I think is going to – it feeds into Omen Watch and it is a end of the world is nigh because I think – we all know it is, and I'm laughing. <laughs> but, you know, losing our shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I had an upside, and yep. in t- in and I always want to be Pollyanna. I want to be glass half full. But in doing that, I do have to declare in this that there is a team that I hate more than all other teams. <laughs> so I'm sorry, and I'm going to offend you. Meow. Cats listeners, <laughs> and there's so, um, Megan Brewer, who is our producer, is just walking out. She might even just turn us out. Um, She's going to throw a beer in your I face. Got, <laughs> who's that lovely one that follows us? Mrs. President on Twitter. She's Geelong. I think that's her. Yeah, anyway. So lots of people are going to hate me for this, but everyone else is going to love it. The Tigers will win the grand final, okay? And this is going to be the upside <laughs> sure. to the end of the world. The upside to the Tigers winning the grand final and the world ending would be... If Dangerfield wins the Brownlow, but then is ineligible because of um, you suspension, know, suspension mm. and he has to hand it to Dusty, oh. and then the Tigers beat the Cats in the grand final, but then the whole world blows up. So, you know, for us Geelong haters, when I said us Geelong haters, I might have said too much. For anyone who doesn't like Geelong, the final moments of life will actually be quite joyous. You know, I've got to, well, I hate to rain on your parade. And I was thinking, you know, I did declare last week that I thought the Tigers would make the grand final and, and hopefully win. Was that before you saw them play last round? Well, yeah. And you know what happened? One of their great supporters, Mick Malloy, incurred the wrath of the footy gods mm-hmm. because he got way ahead of himself totally. after they beat mm-hmm. Hawthorne mm-hmm. and brought out a marching band. Mm-hmm. And Two, twice. you don't do that. You see what no. happens? Yeah. Footy no. gods said, no thanks. No, no. That's no. exactly right. Can, I just, I've wanted to do this for a long time and I'm putting it out there to listeners to tell us the team that you hate irrationally for, you know, it was because your neighbours. You know, it's going to be 99% Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but why though? Is it because um, and it's not about the colours, is it? Is it because your neighbours blasted a song too much? Is it because you fell in love with someone and they broke your heart? Why do you hate the team that you hate? Mm. You know, it does come. It comes from somewhere, doesn't it? It's like a kid that you sat next to at primary school that wore the jumper every day, and you just hated him. Yeah, yeah, and and how when you're naming your babies, you can't name them Jacinta because Jacinta was horrible to you at school. That sort of stuff. It's like I thought you meant she took Buddy to tell us about. And that, Because she, she took money to Sydney. But it's um, such a passionate hate, it though. And, and irrational, too. And, and yeah. irrational and for life, too, because how often do people say, oh, Hawthorne are all dirty? And they're going to say that for the next 20 years, yeah. even if we're... Michael Tuck hasn't played for 30 though. years. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's right. I think it can change and evolve, though, because I used really? to hate Essendon the yes, most. Yeah. Same, same. And then now I hate Geelong the most. Yes. Yeah. And so it comes out of... With a, like with a, it comes like from a, a special, place. Special, special mention place. for the Swans. Too. We love our Geelong listeners, by the way. Yeah, we yeah. love our listeners. And just, also, we didn't mean to invoke hate in this episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough of that in the world at the moment. We do. But I like what you're saying. There is a very special... It's a special kind of hate. It's like that podcast that we listened to about um, Yankees suck, about how much people hate the Boston Red Sox and all supporters hate the Yankees. The Yankees are just yeah. the team that you hate. Yeah. Unless and you're everyone, a Yankee fan. Yeah, and everyone does the chant of Yankees suck. And that's <laughs> like, that's, they'll say it at any game. doesn't matter mm. who's playing. So welcome to another segment that we have <laughs> called Mia Culpa Corner, which we haven't visited for a while. But um, Lucy, you have a, a presentation yeah, to make, I Yeah, do have a believe. presentation to make. So we were actually contacted by the Awards Association 
which is actually a thing. And the awards association said, we heard Nicole Hayes on the podcast last week. Make shit up. Make some stuff up and actually retire a player. (laughs) Who's 21. Yeah. Yeah. And at the peak of his career. Yeah. And they said, we'd really like you to hand over this award. So I, oh, on behalf no. of the Awards Association, we oh, present you with... <laughs> this is magnificent. Oh, my God. The BT Award for Disservice to Footballers' Actual Names. <laughs> Fantastic. I deserve it. I totally deserve it. Yeah. So um, what did you do, Nicole, for those who didn't hear? So <coughs> Matt Boyd was retiring, but I decided it should be Tom. <laughs> and gave every Bulldogs fan a heart attack, right. I think, on the spot. I also rechristened Dennis Armfield David. Yeah. <laughs> but you did that times. at the time. I did, I did catch myself. Oh, no, you caught me. I didn't even hear. I don't listen to myself, if you notice that. Mm. But then given that I've only just worked out Felicity and Lucy are two different people. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm winning that it's yeah. got, I've got this far and only just worked it out. That took me till I was about 15 yeah. and I'm their sister. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Well, Nicole, I don't want you to go Pride down alone in this segment. Now, I've got something I've been sitting on for a little while, okay. which I think you're just going to love the schadenfreude <laughs> of this, is that um, there's certain things that are said in footy that I'd, I sometimes like to just try on. That I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I just thought like I'd have ball. a go. No, no, no. Ball I say all the time. No one knows when to say ball, to be honest, <laughs> anymore. But no. um, I was on Kelly Underwood's Sunday Sessions afternoon radio show a couple of months ago, actually. And one of the um, regulars on that show is Nathan Burke, who played for the Saints. Yep. And I was sitting next to him. And it's it's intimidating you know, sitting next to someone who's played the game at that kind of level because really, you know... What, they know what they're talking about. Yeah, and what's a little footy bogan from Ringwood got to really add to the conversation. Um, I didn't know he was, he was from Ringwood. <laughs> so anyway, I tried something on for size, which was Kelly batted up, you know, should this person be, you know, what was this act? Was it good or bad on the field? Should it have been reported or not? And I said the words... <laughs> Well, I think the match review panel will have something to say about that. <gasps> Nathan Burke is on the match <laughs> review panel and he was sitting next to me. And not only did I not realise that he was on the match review panel at that point, it was the first time I've ever said those words. <laughs> and he was actually sitting next to me. But he would have thought what it was a joke, say? right? Well, I think... I blushed so hard he knew it wasn't just a let joke. It slide. Yeah, yeah, he just let it slide because he's a gentleman. And a... Do you think that there's – I have this theory that we all have this inner sabotager that's working subconsciously that actually knows stuff that you don't mm-hmm. and forces these words out of our mouth just at the worst possible time. I completely that is, agree. Real, that, is, that is real. This well, is also why we pre-record and we don't yeah. do this live. <laughs> yeah. You know every time someone has one of those big social media – faux pas, you know, yep. like a Mia Friedman, I go, but for the grace of God, we are Absolutely. At, by the hair of my chinny chin chin, <laughs> we are going down one day. One of those will happen. For sure. Yeah, We've all for got sure. a Brendan Fraser on our shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but in which character? The mummy? <laughs> <laughs> you know the one with the, the devil? The devil one. Oh, oh right. the okay. devil. I thought it was the, the mummy. mummy. <laughs> I was thinking of him in the affair where he's just this weird. Was he George of the Jungle? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, George of the Jungle on your shoulder would be awesome. All right, moving along, hilarious as that was. Um, We're racking up the new segments here on the Outer Sanctum, but one that we really need this season is Retirement Watch. Cue the music. Mm. As in the watch? As in, yeah. Oh, we're not getting anyone to watch. Watch. Nice. See what we've done there? Yeah, the Ooh. retirement ga- grandfather clock. So mm. we've had a few people add to the list this week. Um, none probably bigger than one Robert Murphy. <laughs> I know, just last week I was saying he's still around from before 2000 and now he's gone. And what a legend, a singer, songwriter, gentleman <laughs> and a scholar. <laughs> He's, Book writer, author, oh, you said yeah, that. Yeah, he's just such a lo- love of the game. renaissance a man. rascal, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm not poo-pooing Bob because I never, ever would. But Don't can I do. just say this one thing that always bugs me about sports people? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know when, like, Bob is like a lot of guys that we would know in our normal life, but because he's a footballer and then he can talk cool stuff and he's really cool, we go like, 
oh my God, Bob Murphy, what an amazing mould breaker of a footballer. It's like when sports people actually have a personality. Or a <laughs> you, you go, <laughs> yeah. that, well, isn't she amazing? She I can bet. string a sentence together. <laughs> that's, that's Do you know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like I've often the bar thought, is low. like if Alicia sometimes could like crush it at the pan packs, imagine her post-swim speech. Oh, You'd be a, it'd, you'd be, be in like form. Venus Williams. It'd be rhyming form. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So can we just go through the list? We've got Dennis, also known as David Armfield. <laughs> Josh Gibson also retired this week through many, needed many a Kleenex. God bless him for that. Mm. I love that, like, outward show of Honesty. emotion. It was great, yeah. Honesty. I mean, heartbreaking, but lovely. Yeah, I think we all knew that one was going, though. Matthew Boyd. Um, <laughs> Cousins <laughs> Sean, Sean Dempster. Just a just a couple of hacks called Luke Hodge and Joe Watson, Stevie J, Nick Rewalt, Shane Yaron, Jesse White, Ivan Marek. Did you know about this I one? Ivan Marek. Missed that. Matt Pritis. So we've pretty much got James Kelly. James, James Kelly. Kelly. Yep. So we've almost Zach got. Dawson. We're still waiting to hear on Lee Montagna. Do we have a, a whole team? We almost have a whole team. I think we're missing a small forward, but I've got an idea. <gasps> Laurie Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a small I think he's more of an umpire. Mm. Well, no, um, Bob Murphy's actually done one thing wrong. What's what? that? You know, he, the day he retired, he, if he'd waited one more day, he could have retired on the 40-year anniversary since Elvis Presley's death. <gasps> and that would have been poetic. He didn't want to upstage Elvis. I like He's that. a huge yeah. fan of Elvis. He's but a generous man. There is enough to, for a football team. So do you think that it's going to be next year that'll be it one would, of those celebrity matches? It would be awesome. Like I would much yep. prefer to see that in the EJ Witten match. Like the retirees of 2017 versus the all-star retirees. Like oh, that's something nice. I like oh. get behind. AFL, are you listening? Oh, we saw those pot bellies though. Oh, no, it's oh, I'm true. sure they'll, lo- they'll load it up. Felicity, how many, have you got your deck chairs ready for the <laughs> grand final? <laughs> Right. I was going to say, it's been really lovely watching the retirement videos and I don't know if you've seen the James Kelly one, but that's worth watching, yeah. um, watching him talk about how when he left Geelong, he wasn't ready to go and he was sort of pushed and, but he'd also fallen out of love with football completely and went along to Essendon because, you know, needed a job and Essendon's given him his love of football back and he, he did a really lovely talk to oh. those boys there saying, you know what, things have gone wrong in the past, but this is a good club here and you've got good people and it's actually a really lovely positive message that he put out there. So well done, Pops. You should go and have a look at that. And let's yeah, hope he really coaches. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's what he yeah. said he's planning on doing. Yeah, which is really interesting. We've got a very interesting guest for you today. We might talk about co- coaching with him, I think. You're blushing. Shush now. <laughs> um, let's talk about supporters behaving badly. So Eleni Gluftis was umpiring on the weekend and, look, there was some – I actually thought that that was a mark by Ben Brown because I thought how else do you hang on to it but then yeah. hit the ground and – you know, he's been concussed the week before. He's got to protect his head. But what I wasn't prepared for, am I crazy in saying this, was that her gender was attached to a lot of the oh, hate and about, you know, about her umpiring, which we just don't see with male umpires. Anyone no. got anything on that? I just remember one of the tweets was, um, gosh, these umpires are bad enough. You don't want to introduce a woman to the mix as well. No, because that's obviously going to make it worse. I don't even know what I that actually means. Surprised about the hate, which is unfortunate. I was surprised at how many came to her support mm. on oh, Twitter, mm. and a lot of people I didn't expect as well. So, I think that's a good thing and a good yeah. sign that there was so mm. much support for and her. Ben Brown actually came out and tweeted later on, either that night or the next day, and said, "Eh, it's the way it goes." Yeah. I didn't think it was a mark, but didn't you? Didn't you? No, I didn't. No. no. But I didn't think you held on long enough. No. We'll know that we've reached equality when people can just complain about the umpiring. her umpiring yeah. and not talk but about you know, her that gender. Was, that was yeah. a really lovely thing about the commentary made no Reference big deal about, yeah. you know, the first time she um, yeah. umpired, it was, it was such a novelty. She was just an umpire this yeah. week and, yeah. and I thought that was seamless and mm. really well done and by the commentary And that the, will be the same for the second and the third mm. umpire. Exactly. Know, mm. comes along and i got to say, my daughters were watching the game and it piqued their interest. They went like, What's that girl's voice? And I said, oh, she's the umpire. And they went, oh, okay. And then moved on. They <laughs> awesome. didn't say white maggot, but no. they just moved on after The that. other thing is you're not, you're not umpiring an AFL match unless you've done an awful lot of umpiring and you've probably totally. heard it all before. Yeah. You've heard yeah. it yeah. across she's the tough. fence from people at local games. Yeah. You've heard yeah. it through, you know, all the way coming up. And so she's not going to be shocked by... Local games are pretty full on too, aren't they? 
Uh, yeah, nice segue. Mm. Do you see that junior footy game where an umpire had given away two 50-metre free kicks? And it sounds like... Actually, he didn't give them away. The, well, the player. The player <laughs> yeah, good point. who yes, abused exactly. the umpire, who first ran over the mark, yep. um, gave away a 50, and then abused, abused the, the umpire, umpire and gave away a second one. Yep. And then they lost the granny and then the ground was flooded with family members and supporters who really took to this umpire, which is just awful. Horrific. This was Horrific. an under-15s game. Yeah. That's because they were playing for sheep stations. It's just appalling. It's so bad when they're describing this poor kid running for his life and people laying punches into him. And, and that people ran out there so fast that the umpire escorts couldn't get there. Mm. But, but the umpire escorts in junior footy are parents. parents. Yeah, parents. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've put on I've, the... I've yeah. been an yeah. escort and it's yeah. kind yeah. of ridiculous because I'm not very mm. tall. My, I've, I've actually suggested to my daughter in the past, you know, you should umpire. And she said, no, Why there's no way. You? I'm yeah. not, I don't feel safe. Mm. I wouldn't feel safe. Oh. When you just think about That's the so people wrong. that volunteer at those sporting clubs to cop any flack or you just go, are you kidding me? Like that is just a joke. I just hope that league steps in big time and yep. just ban the club, mm. you know. Yep. I mean, that, that wasn't one person. That was an no, entire. Exactly. It's a culture, know. isn't it? Yeah. Kick him out of the league. That was disgraceful. And a beer tipped on Toby Green. Like mm. we'll talk about the Toby Green incident in a second. I just thought that was really poor form. Very I mean, poor. just terrible. That's just that's not why you go to football, people. Keep no. it to yourselves. Stupid. Um, did you see that there is an umpire in the FA? Um, Ryan Atkin has come out as the first openly gay professional sporting ref in the UK, which is really interesting as well. It's mm. just the tide is turning, and barriers um, are just broken, being broken down everywhere, aren't they? Yep, and now I'm sure that they'll just press on and. Business mm-hmm. as usual. So, Toby Green, Felicity, have you got an opinion on that? Did, what did you think of his leg out? Do you know, I, I don't know what the actual rule is, but I know that looking at it, it it's a really terrible look. And, I screamed. And, really yeah. yeah. And, and look, I have seen, there. there is a, a picture, and you should have a look, there is a picture of Dipper doing it to someone, which oh, really? I thought was extraordinary because I never saw him leave the leave ground, ground. that yeah, high. Right. Um, but At the highest <laughs> point, do you mean? Yeah, he yeah. was like, and Dipper's highest point is lower than Alicia's chair today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it just, it, it looked bad. I mean, you know, you're kicking someone in the face. I mean, what, what kind of sport says that's a, that's a good... You're allowed thing. to protect the space. When yeah. you're going up for Mark. But, but the head is sacrosanct. And I think it does really send a really complex mm. and confusing message. And we were watching it at the same time, I think, weren't we, Em? And it was like, did you see that? Did you see that? We were messaging each mm. other. Um, it's, it is a really bad look. Um, but And I'm trying to work out how that's more acceptable, unforgivable than a jumper punch, which, you know, which I don't like either. But, you know, we, we are mm. having constantly having to compare these the issues so that the penalties are comparable. What had happened um, is it initially was reported as rough conduct um, and then it was downgraded by the MRP to misconduct. I blush every time you say MRP. <laughs> Nathan Burke, one oh. for you. Um, and I just wanted to read because this is what rough conduct should be. So it's in terms of the rule book I again. I did get the rule book out again. We I've should got just it on, buy you a copy. I've, I've bookmarked it. Um <laughs> Interpreta- interpreted widely in relation to any contact, which is unreasonable in the circumstances, okay? So um, whether it's intentional or carelessly engage in rough conduct against any opponent, opponent, which in the circumstances is unreasonable, without limiting the wide interpretation of rough conduct, particular regard shall be had to the following officially recognised forms of rough conduct. High bumps. Rough conduct wherein the bumping of an opponent, whether reasonably or unreasonably, the player causes forceful contact to be made with any part of his body to the opponent's head or neck. So I'm not really sure. That feels like that's what happened. A and foot I feel in the like face is not a good look. No. no. And I think it made me think back to when Sam Mitchell was getting pinged for putting his knee up when he was going up and he was doing corkies on people. Mm. He got called on that. So it's. Mm. I think it's kind of similar to that. <laughs> no it's, corkies. He yeah. was, was cor- doing corkies. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, so I don't know there is a real corkies. issue, though, with the head. And, mm. you know, it was interesting totally. last week we talked about concussion a little bit and our guest Sarah Joseph talked about some of the research with CTE. I found myself in a situation last week where I was hearing an ex-footballer talking a little bit about the effects of football on your body. And in passing, he mentioned, you know, the little um, concussion patches that people were wearing. We saw a lot of them during the AFLW Mm. and the fact that they're being used to capture some information and will hopefully be used for ongoing research. And he said one of the really interesting things was after a team using those in, it might have been in a practice game even, I'm not sure if it was in a um, proper game, but 
they realized that the impact on the head and the concussive action that's happening just through normal play is so much greater than they anticipated Mm. that just in your normal bumps and being knocked down that there's a measurable effect and impact. And it just made me think in light of that, the head has to be sacrosanct. It does. It does. And and $1,500 penalty for literally putting your your boot your mm. stump your um stops in somebody's face in a completely controlled gesture like that was he was in complete control he didn't blink afterwards he didn't look back he didn't wasn't concerned about the fallout and he did not apologize, like didn't seem to be like he probably wasn't given a chance to apologize but you it'll know what's tarnish, the message being sent yeah it'll tarnish him for a while he doesn't need any more tarnish that no, green he as well he doesn't have a great you know rep. he's got a a bit of a PR issue, I think, with him. Mm. It did remind me of how much I loved Luke Delhouse, and I'm going to have mm. to dust off my Luke Delhouse badge for the uh, mm. for the finals. Yeah. I'm yeah. just oh, cake face. <laughs> just a reminder to anyone playing at home: I did once eat a piece of cake that his face and his dreadlocks had been in, and it was delicious. And from then on, <laughs> we shall call him Cake Face. Cake Face, uh, Felicity. We're going to come to you because this is an Essendon story. I know you're an Essendon supporter. <laughs> Um, James Heard is to present the Norm Smith Medal on Grand Final Day. Talking about PR issues. Yeah. What do you got? What do you reckon? You know, my very first instinct on this is why would James Heard put himself up for this? I just, you know, a man who's actually had some mental, mental health, health issues. issues. Um, I just don't think that he needs that right now. You know, whatever the, you know, the history and the, you know, Tradition. the, the traditions and they say, you know, this year it's your turn because you want it in that year. Did anyone know that was a tradition? No. no. Didn't no. even know. These no. traditions we keep having, they're very new. I reckon they could have like just I, yeah. no one no would have been a big deal at all. Exactly. If they just exactly. So yeah, I I'm just you know, I don't think it's a like I have no issue with him presenting one. I mean, he won one fair and squarely. Mm. He gets mm. to do that. Um eventually. You know? Yeah. Mm. Um I just don't know why personally he would put himself out in front of yeah. 100,000 people to yeah. do that this year. I don't think he should have been asked either, though. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. I just, I just, not yet. It's still an open wound. There's still people right now trying to deal with the potential fallout mm. for it. And I think you've just got to let a little bit of time pass after that it's wrapped up properly. I agree with you, Nick. The, I've, there was like, an article about that. Well, Luke. I was just going to say, I feel like while there's uncertainty and there are people who are still not sure about what their own health repercussions mm. are going to be, I find it very difficult. And I feel like the AFL has been like a bit of a bulldozer. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, this is how it's going and we're just going to charge on through. But yeah, you're right, Em, there was an article written by Sam Duncan and the headline was, I've forgiven James Heard, you should too. I'm not sure if there was ever a more mansplaining heading oh. in an article. Yeah. Um, I found it a really difficult article to read. It was problematic. Um, It was really problematic and it kind of, he talked about the AFL's a forgiving place and in order to do that he invoked the story of Wayne Carey and basically said that Wayne Carey's name was once mud and now he's one of the leading voices in the game and used that as his argument for why we should. I know. Going back a step, the writer of this article is a lecturer in sports media and the bit that I found interesting in that article was where he was discussing people's opinions on Herd and saying more than a few of us have long grown sick and tired of others telling us how we should feel about Herd because he also declared he's an Essendon spotter. It's like they've been through what we have. Thank God they haven't. But because they haven't, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. And then the very next sentence goes on to say, football's not always a rational industry and that's precisely why football fans should not be listened to on every issue. Too many footy issues are discussed with a logical emotion viewed through a lens of irrational tribalism. They view the world <laughs> They view they. the world through one eye. They are the people who hate Herd but would defend him to the hilt if he was one of theirs. He's literally he's counting literally, his own arguments. He's literally explaining himself. Explaining himself. <laughs> it was just the narrowness of his like his inability to see any mm. other perspective was mind blowing yeah. and the response on Twitter from just the outpouring of a lot of women, I have to say, saying there's no forgiven, like Wayne Carey being the the yeah. 
voice of Channel 7's coverage irks me every day of the week and it Mm. still makes me query why I'm involved in this sport. The lack of awareness. And I think um, we went on to see a really similar thing this week at the – it was Port Adelaide. The Showdown. 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 And they had um, an entertainer that had racist um, connotations and overtones and the only person that called it to account was Tanya Hosh. If you're going to have – I mean – you got the big wig in town. She pulled them up on it and said, "You can't have this at a footy function." And but there were so many other leaders and executives and CEOs and blink. presidents mm-hmm. in the in the room who sat there and laughed along and didn't see an issue with it. And I think people just have this incredibly narrow focus, mm. and they're just seeing it through their own lens. And given that Cricket Australia has banned that that particular entertainer mm-hmm. in the past for that very reason. Um, there's yeah. form there. It's unbelievable. Can I just recommend that um, if, if you want to read a really good piece about that James Heard piece, go to Rebecca Haynes' blog at beccahayblog.wordpress.com or she's on Twitter at Becca Hain. Once again, she's just written Golden. a really great piece and looks at it from a PR perspective and I think it's really worthwhile. And I think, you know, as we always do, we try to shine a light on some of the discussion and media that is a little bit more diverse. Yeah, and a lot of love, I'm going to say, for Essendon here and they need a lot of love and support and I don't think they need this. No. Mm. no. That's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. I feel sick in my guts about it. Imagine putting yourself in that part of the story on that day in that moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. just I feel very um, sick at the thought of well, what if could happen. Won, we might not get to the medal presentation. The world will have exploded. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. You're all meant to laugh. Not then. even <laughs> <laughs> meant to be a joke. Them get their medals. Come on, that's a bit harsh. We just want the little kids oh, to sorry, get their hats. Make you laugh. <laughs> Now, we got some criticism on Twitter this week, which was, you know, weird and lovely. This wasn't just for me. No, not about... That wasn't (laughs) criticism. That was just correction, Nicole. I got Um, emails about that. Are you kidding me? Did you? Correction. Well, someone... Yeah, someone said, I tried the Outer Sanctum once. No good. It's a Hawthorne people. It's like listening to Scotch College people complain about... School fees. School fees or something like that, Um, which we appreciated. We always like to hear what our... But we knockers like are saying we like diverse reviews, reviews exactly. Yeah. So that person, don't listen. We're about to speak to an ex Hawthorne person. It's with the greatest of pleasure. I can't believe I'm saying these words. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> We're going to speak to Sam Mitchell on the Outer Sanctum. <laughs> There's really no introduction needed. Our guest today is currently an eagle, but will always be a hawk to us. He somehow rocked the brown and gold. Welcome, Sam Mitchell, to the Outer Sanctum. Oh, very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It sounds like you're under the water or something, enjoying (laughs) um, everything that WA has to offer. I have to ask you, are you approaching each game with excitement now as you know that they're, you know, slowly running down to being the last game that you'll play? Um, there's a, it's a strange old feeling. You, I did the retirement press conference and I'd been quite comfortable with the decision for quite a while before that and I thought I'd have this level of closure. Um, but there really wasn't any of that because the retirement sort of happened and then a couple of days later I was just preparing for a game again. So um, it was a strange old feeling being in between, a bit like purgatory. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a good experience. Oh, Sam, it's Lucy here. You've broken lots of records as a player, but looking to the future, do you see coaching as somewhere that you think you can excel? Um, well, I hope so. Um, I feel like I've prepared um, pretty well while I've been playing. It is sometimes difficult, especially when you're a younger player that you just think you're going to play forever and you don't have to prepare for anything else. So um, I have spent a fair bit of time and effort and energy preparing for, for that life after football in the coaching realm. So hopefully I'm as well prepared as I can be and I'm looking forward to diving into it, but I do realise that I have a whole lot to learn. So Mm. um, hopefully my learning will keep me on the right track and I'll be able to make a difference as a coach. Nick Hayes here. You've been labelled as unsociable in the past. We don't feel like that here at the Outer Sanctum, but (laughs) how do you interpret that and why do you think, um, you know, you must get sick of it, surely. Have you been talking to my wife? (laughs) Tell us more. Uh, Yeah, so she, you know, regularly says to me, just, you know, Put a smile on your face. Make, look like you want people to talk to you. Um, but no, I, I understand that. I, I'm not sorry. It sounds like a funny thing to say, but I think uh, it's a very tough sport to play. 
and um, I like I like it being that way. And you know, you're not out there to make friends; you're out there to win games. So that was always been my preference, not particularly to make friends. Oh, uh, we love that. <laughs> I really love how honest that is, and that's the way that we watched you play and observed you play. That's really cool. Do you think cool. you're going to have to change that as a coach? Yes. Yes and yes and no. I think sometimes there's a trap as a coach that you try to become friends a bit too close and a bit too friendly with the players, and that can be a bit of a trap. So it's that fine line between being able to be able to give them, you know, the solid feedback that they need, and still having a strong enough relationship where you can withstand um, whatever conversations need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we know this is something that we bang on about you all the time. We know you're not active on social media, but here's just a, this is just not going any further than us in this room. Do you secretly have a Twitter account that's just like some fake name and you actually are completely observing the whole thing play out and no one knows? You don't have to tell us what it is, but are you actually on there? Um, to be honest, Twitter, I have had Twitter a couple of times um, over the journey, but I never really know who to follow and how to keep up with anything. I do have a Instagram account, which is private. So I've got about 200 people that I know that have, and I've got about 2,000 requests, which I, just <laughs> never, which, which I just never go through. So I do have a social media. Um, it, has, it does cost you a lot. You, do, you don't realise, but in this day and age, the amount of sponsorship and money that gets, oh, if you just post this for us, then yeah. uh, really? you know, we'll wow. give you this. But unfortunately, I just have to uh, say... Thanks, but no thanks. It's not really my scene. Well, if you do need to work out who to follow on Twitter, the Outer Sanctum would love to see you on our list. Um, is this whole social media avoidance about the crimes against grammar that are constantly committed? We know. <laughs> I do. Um, I feel like you've been worded up on that. <laughs> I do. I do have a bit of trouble with the uh, the grammar. There's a couple of things. I'll tell you what. I, I absolutely love being in Perth. The two things that drive me a little bit crazy, one is the Japanese is nowhere near as good, the Japanese food. And the second the second thing is they say me for everything. So I'm going out to my car. They even oh. say So even people on the radio said my, they will use me. So on the news, they'll say, you know, I went to my house yesterday and I'm, <laughs> oh. and I spent the first six months biting my tongue and just not saying anything. And I spent the last few months just saying, just cutting them off and saying my. <laughs> Correcting them. So what do you hate more, Sam? Is it the incorrect spelling or use of there and there or your and your? Hard-hitting questions. I think your, no, your is, is more annoying because it's so, it's more obvious. Okay. It's more obvious. I think that, that it's, I mean, that, can you say they are? If you can, they're just, you know. Put in an apostrophe. Throw, yeah, yeah, exactly. So do I and put an apostrophe. It's not too hard. <laughs> We heard that Nick Nat was once sighted on a plane reading Jane Austen. Firstly, can you verify that this is a thing? And secondly, do you read female authors? Who are your favourites? Um, I, can't, I can't speak of Nick reading it. <laughs> um, Nick is, as, as you said about myself being not active on social media, he um, is the antithesis of that. He lives on social media and the rest of us have a ban on using our phones near the gym basically because of Nick. Um, so he loves that. So he loves the image. So if he was reading it, he may have been reading it or he may have wanted to appear to be reading it. I'm not sure. It was for an Instagram post. Right. Um, exactly. Um, and do I read some authors? Yes, I do. I've just read um, a book called called Grit um, oh. by I think it's Julia Duckworth. Yeah. Uh, very, very good. It's about how talent only counts once, but working hard counts twice. It's very, very good. There's a she uses a, a formula saying you're with a mathematical equation that your your work rate counts twice because talent times work rate equals skill, and skill times work rate equals outcome. So, you know, wow. there you go. I'm just putting this out there, I don't want to be creepy, but if you want to get a tattoo that says that, I would come along and also get the matching tattoo. <laughs> That is so creepy. You know what? You know. You know what the attitude on tattoos is. <laughs> Same as your you, and your. You, you, yeah, no, you don't put bumper stickers on a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, brilliant. Uh, no, no offence if any of you ladies are uh, all tattooed up. No, <laughs> but I like that you would suggest that any of us are Ferraris. <laughs> I like that a lot. We're more, more like a bashed up Datsun 120Y. Hey, yeah. um, okay, so the AFLW is pretty exciting for us. And given that you've got two daughters, is there a chance that you're getting excited about the father-daughter rule? Yes, I do quite like watching it, and I did. I did engage with it, and I didn't mind um, having a look at the, at the women's footy. But as far as my girls go, um, if you met them, they would have that. They they refuse since the age of about three. They've refused to wear footy jumpers, refused <laughs> to go to my son's Auskick, refused to have anything to do with footy. So as far as my daughters playing. Um, I'm not too hopeful on such things, but I do enjoy. Uh, I'm glad that it's out there for people um, with with girls who are that way inclined. They're much more likely um, to be doing ballet and all that sort of stuff. But they do they do love putting the footy boots on, so there might be hope yet. Oh, well, go. they feel a bit like high heels, maybe because they make the noise. <laughs> but will you'll be? I don't know if this is pleasing to you or again just creepy. But my daughter Sophie, who's the same age as your daughters, um, yeah. she wants to grow up to be Sam Mitchell. So um, she's going to fly the flag for you over here, but she'll be playing for Hawthorne, not for West Coast. Okay, okay. Well, you don't get a choice. It'll be it's a draft system even in the... It will be Hawthorne, you, Sam, and there will okay. be a choice, okay? That's why I'm doing okay. all this. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just talking about parenting, I've heard people say that they became a better player after becoming a parent. Any truth in that? Um, yeah, well, it has been um, for me. My uh, my preparation, I mean, I think as an athlete, you're always a bit selfish because you have to go to bed at your time, eat what you want to eat, and kind of everyone around you is just forced to fit in with the things that you need to do for your career. Um, and after you have children, that level of selfishness obviously starts to diminish because there's people in your life that are more important than you are. Um, so that has probably improved my game to be a little bit more um, selfless. So are you saying that the three grand finals that you won since you had children was because it was fueled by leftover fish fingers and a couple of peas left on a plate <laughs> that you ate before you got them to the dishwasher? Exactly. That's that sort of thing. I do have a bit of trouble, actually. When I was with the kids um, and they started eating themselves, you know, when they're just starting, um, you know, when they're sort of 18 months old, they don't like eating, you know, veggies so you just feed them whatever they'll take in so I was finding myself finishing off all of their sausage rolls and little <laughs> pies and I did uh, put on a couple of kilos for a year or two there. And that is why we are not Ferraris. <laughs> <laughs> okay Sam I'm a bit nervous about asking this question because I have wanted to know the answer it's like one of the world's greatest mysteries in 2000. 2000- I, like I, I feel like whatever the question answer is, I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> I think you will. I don't think you'll think it's that big a deal. But in 2008, when, when Hawthorne won the grand final and you were the captain, you had palm cards for your speech up on the <laughs> dais. Okay, we have got a lot of theories of where the palm cards were kept. I've always thought in your sock. I thought uncomfortable, <laughs> but I can't work out how else the palm cards got to you. Can you blow it open and tell us the answer? Where were the... Well, I, I feel like I don't want to blow it open because it's a much more boring answer than you were hoped for. Okay. Do you um, want to know the real answer? Oh, or I think I do. The mystery? I think I'm please, ready for it. You're retiring. Like, if there's ever a time to dispel the myth, let's now. do it now. Um, I, did, I did the notes with our then footy manager in the lead-up to the game, and so he had the palm cards for me, Mark Evans, and so... After the game, we do our celebrations. We all give each other way too many cuddles and kisses and, you know, all those things. And then he just passed me the cards and I just threw them in the shorts, um, in the in the bike shorts. And when I got up there, I, I – and you know what? I didn't even look at them once. I, I sort of remembered it. That's generally what I do when I do it. Anyway. Have you still got them? <laughs> no, no. And that is the creepiest question of the interview. <laughs> And it wasn't even Emma's. Do you know, I actually think you've just, like, dispelled all of David Copperfield's, like, magical illusions <laughs> that somewhere there's just a Mark Evans passing you the, you know, palm card somewhere. Exactly. And nothing's ever as fancy as it seems. Okay. <laughs> Explains the ham, though. I don't, want you, I don't want you to ever think, though, that we didn't notice the palm cards. We clocked okay. them, okay? okay so this okay. is our this is our last little test for you. It's not even a test, but we're just going to say the names of some of the other retiring players because this 2017 retiring year is kind of, it's fairly extraordinary. I'm going to say some names, and can you just give us a one-word response on 
what conjures into your mind when I say this person's name in relation to either playing with them or playing against them? Uh, sure. Are you up for this? Okay. Rewald. Freak. <laughs> Stevie J. Cheeky. <laughs> Josh Gibson. Um, emotional. <laughs> and Luke loves Hodge. It, loves a cry. Yeah, loves uh, a cry. We saw that. We saw that. And Luke Hodge. Ah, uh, legend. Oh. How about Bob Murphy? Character. Nice one. Now, you know, when we um, we met Josh Gibson last year for the podcast and I told him that you're my... Have, I bet you he rang and asked to come on. That's <laughs> no, but it was pretty funny. I told him that you were my favourite player and he called you Mr. Straighty 180. <laughs> yeah, that, he, he's a tall poppy syndrome. He loves different people down. You know what he's like. <laughs> he's just a cool cat. He's just too cool for school. Sam Mitchell, yeah. it has been... Like, I'm going to try not to cry here. I was a bit shocked that I didn't get invited to when you won the Brownlow and they gave it to you. Like, I was a little bit surprised. I was like, oh, is that ceremony happening now? I can't believe Sam didn't want me there. But well, that's all right. It's okay. You know they, they, they limited our numbers. Uh, um, so, you know, I would have been happy there. There was only about 50 people there. So, oh, right. so if there'd been 100, she would have made the cut? Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know what? I'm the only person in the history of Brownlow's, along with Trent, that is able to organise their own function and then go along to the Brownlow and know you're going to win. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> it's actually the best. We're so thrilled that we got to enjoy watching you play. I can't believe it's like a once-in-a-lifetime player kind of thing. Like, for me, you've been the absolute champion of the game. And um, thank you so much for letting us be part of this journey with you. And good luck for what's going to be the next chapter. We're so excited for you, Sam. Thanks very much. Well, has everyone composed themselves after that? (laughs) One thing that's been absolutely delightful is watching the commentary about the International uh, Cup, which has been happening. The AFL um, teams have all been inbound. And I have to say, I mean, Brian Barish, we've spoken to him on the pod before, but he is from AFL USA. Is that how you say it? Yeah, AFL USA. And to watch his... USAFL. USAFL. That's the way it is. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sorry. To watch him completely bathe in the culture of AFL while he's been here, to follow his Twitter feed and to see him enjoying a pie at the footy. He's been to two matches, I think, at the MCG. A couple that Eddie had. He's been out. He's he's been on lots of different podcasts. He's um, met lots of people who work around the game and... I think he has um, – his feeling is it's been a big warm hug and that yeah. it's really been a coming home of some description, even though he's never come here to see a game and he's loved it for 22 years. And I've Incredible. been – I've felt really kind of proud of our code and felt like, yeah, that's why we love it. I mm. mean, there's really something here and it's amazing and to see it through outside eyes has been kind of extraordinary. Can I um, put Lucy on the spot here too? And um, Lucy, you had someone staying with you last week who got to go to a football match for the first time as well. I did, yeah. So we had um, eight students out here from One Arm Point, which is about 300 kilometres north of Broome, so from a remote Aboriginal community. And Saturday night we went to the Crows-Essendon game at Etihad with eight excited boys from one arm point and Yay. eight excited Melbourneian boys. And it was it, it, that same thing, just seeing our game through the eyes of people who love the game but hadn't been to a to an wow. AFL, you know, some of them hadn't been to an AFL game. A lot of love for Eddie, yeah. <laughs> which was, you know, unfortunate because he didn't have the greatest game. But I it thought was... you meant Maguire. Yes, and no. oh, I'm joking. No, sorry about that. The, Eddie, um, the good Eddie. But, yeah, no, it was, it was a, <laughs> he's amazing. It was a thing of beauty. Wow. We had a lovely amazing. time. Yeah, well, so we've got um, the international, the grand finals coming up. The women's one between Canada and Ireland, which is um, Canada's got the chance to go back to back, which would be pretty impressive. On August 18th, as a precursor 19th. to the Hawthorne... Oh, uh, is it the uh, Saturday? Okay, Saturday the nineteenth. <laughs> anyway, between, before the Hawthorne versus Carlton match. So, whichever day that's on. Um, and then we've got also the men's Collingwood. Uh, we don't do stats and facts <laughs> or dates. Yeah, well, I can't read this. No, um, men's of Papua New Guinea versus New Zealand. With again, um, Papua New Guinea got a chance to go back to back as well. Oh. So um, that's before the Collingwood Geelong match. 
pretty exciting to see all these other countries come and embrace yeah. our game, isn't it? So if you're going to go to those games, go a bit early. Yeah. Because oh, it was so good to go to the ground, my local ground, and the boundary was all in rainbow colours last week oh, from where yeah. they played. And it was just... Yeah. And seeing it all over social media and just the delight on people's faces. So good. It's amazing. What about this weekend? Port Adelaide are playing um, the Western Bulldogs in Ballarat and it's tipped that it might snow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really cold up there at the moment. It's only going to be nine today in the middle of the day. They've seen it before and I think the people of Ballarat are actually pretty gutted that it's going to be so cold. But what was amazing is I heard um, just I heard a regular punter talking about it who's from Ballarat who's been helping set up the game and just it reminded me again of how important sport is to the community and um, he was just saying that they've been working on this for a really long time and the whole community is so excited about this game coming to town. You think about living in... Uh, in, a, in a regional place like that and and the big, huge game mm, coming to town. Yeah. Just yeah, how epic good. that would be for you amazing. as a child, as an adult, yeah, you know, just yeah. to um, put get on your skis. together. Yeah, it would be amazing. Nick, can you just check the AFL regulations and just see if there's some kind of subsection that talks about wearing beanies <laughs> as players? No. I'll, I'll get snow. back to you. That'd be great. No on the face. <laughs> Maybe just extra wide headbands that cover your ears. <laughs> <It's not laughs> Ski bunny stuff. Mm. Um, also this week we found out that there were some changes to the AFL W um, state of origin lineup. Darcy Vessio's out injured. She and did a PCL, didn't she? Yeah, which is so disappointing. Oh. But Kate, it means Katie Brennan is actually in. There was another out and an in that I haven't caught up with. Has anyone else got that for me? No, that's right. We'll catch you up on that next week. We'll all be at the AFLW state of origin match. We may have an announcement coming up, which is a bit exciting. It looks like we might all be able to, you know, enjoy the game together in mm. some way, shape or form. So stand by, watch our socials and um, we may have an announcement shortly. Before we sign off, Lucy, what have you got? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that on the 31st of August on ABC TV at 9.30, the documentary that Ange Pipos has been oh, putting oh, together, yeah. Heroes, which is covering the AFLW inaugural season is going to air and I have it on very good authority from friend of the pod Debbie Anka of the Green Guide who's seen it and said it's actually it's just beautiful it's really really great and really worth watching so Exciting. Good Look on out Ange. for that. That's so yeah, nice. great one, Ange. So, and thanks. We got some extra reviews this week. I don't know if you guys have caught up on that. So, we're catching up on my husband's stupid um, podcast <laughs> review pages. So, um, if you want to get involved in that competition for me to beat my husband at how many reviews we have, get involved. I really uh, maybe like that. do you want people to post like one star reviews on his as well? Oh, oh no, that's no, just that me. That no, 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 don't Carlton, do that. If Carlton beats Hawthorne this Saturday night, which they might, game night. Yep. Yeah. Um, that will be the first time that Carlton has been. Eaton Hawthorne since round six, 2005. So expect to hear about it, I would say, as Hawthorne supporters. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to hate Carlton. For I think that. we're no, going to win. No, me neither. And I love Bolts. Yeah, and also, too. I'm a Carlton women's member. Together. Let's not forget, I'm a Carlton member, people. Yeah, we do mm. try to forget that. Hey, before we sign off today, I just want to give a big hug to our homegirl, Alicia, sometimes who's off to pay tribute to her nan today. And we just want to say we're all having a sherry with you. Oh, thanks. Myra loved uh, Collingwood dearly, dearly. We fought many times over that. But <laughs> oh, my we're gosh. We're just all going to have to back them on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, we will. go, go boys. Do it for Myra. <laughs> Good luck Thank today, you. Leash. Thanks. thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Go footy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.